rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 8.02 a.m. July 21st, 2020. You listen to the second largest city's first daily news podcast. News, art, culture, interviews, everything positive, everything in between. Good morning, Aurora. I'm joined in the studio today by friend of the show, my brother, your brother, all of our brothers, the homie Alex Garcia, a.k.a. Endure. It's good. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Aurora. All right, morning, all right. Thanks for having me. As you know, all claps will be live until we get the clap button. So uh, good to see you, my brother. It's good to see you too, man. Uh, we're going to get into a very good interview with you guys here uh, coming up momentarily. But as we do, we are going to give you the most recent updates for the day. Um, there's some great things going on taking place in the city. There's a lot of construction going on, especially at the intersection of Broadway and Galena. If you take a look at that huge building that says Shoes uh, on one side of it, that building used to be a Walgreens back in the day. There's a really cool Facebook page, uh, Aurora Then and Now. It shows you a lot of the history. Um, other people have been bringing that history up on Aurora, especially as old school buildings. Um, so please check it out. Um, what's also coming to you again it's going to be another AMVETS production, all right? Uh, that's going to be another fundraiser and drive. Uh, the date is still TBD. It's in the flux, but um, it will be coming to you guys momentarily. There's also the Anderlick and Church show uh, tomorrow, the Bluegrass, Bluegrass excuse me, live stream at the venue. It's at 8 p.m., and it streams live on the venue's YouTube and Facebook page. Um, so please check it out. It's really cool. It's very awesome. Um, kids Eat Free Sundays is back at Gillerson's. Uh, kids, you get a free kids meal with the purchase of an adult entree every Sunday from noon to 7. There is also the Aurora Police have launched their officer complaint portal. Uh, that came out last week. There is a link to that complaint portal. Uh, I think the city of Aurora posted it, but then there's also subsequent information that you can get about links and updates regarding the police department on the city of Aurora's page itself. So if you tune into their Facebook page, um, you will get a lot of the constant live updates. Don't forget those change sessions are still going on as well. Uh, they were the review and recommendation sessions and then policy sessions. Very important that you take part. Cape Con schedule of events. Cape Con goes from August 10th to August 15th. Monday the 10th, there would be grab-and-go swag bag pickup. Tuesday, 2 p.m. virtual craft demo, how to make your own pom-pom popper. Uh, 8 to 11, 6 p.m. live superhero trivia. Hmm. 10 a.m. live head-to-toe cosplay sewing seminar. Thursday, August 13th, 7 p.m. live comic book making with author and illustrator Jarrett Lerner. The 14th, 3 p.m., Family Cosplay Parade. And the 15th, 10 a.m., Live Not Lost in Translation, How Comics Create Cultural Connections panel discussion. Space is limited. Register now at aurorapubliclibrary.org events. Bang. K 
Cape Cod. That sounds like a lot of fun. So if you're comic book fans like we are, you know who Usambi Ojimbo is. The samurai. We, right. We definitely are going to be there. All right. So without further ado, let us get into our interview with our brother, Alex Garcia. Let's get it. Um, so I know you. You are a friend of the show. Uh, also a veteran as well, but for the listeners who do not know you, okay, uh, start off, tell us where you're from, where'd you go to school, where'd you grow up? My name's Alex, I'm born and raised in Aurora, I went to East, and then uh, I joined the military right after graduating East. Okay, all right. Um, how old were you when you joined the military? I was 17, I turned 18 in boot camp. Growing up, what impact did your mom have on your life? Damn, my mom was everything. Everything she was out, she she raised me. She raised me alone, so she's a single mom, and uh, she did everything she could, and still does to this day, man. Puts up with mine and mm-hmm. my son, her grandsons, and, and everything. My mom, my mom plays has played the major role. As that seems to be the reoccurring issue every time you have like Hispanic uh, guests. Um, everyone, yeah, like everyone, you, yeah, especially like when you hit up Tojo, man. He started talking about his mom, mm-hmm. and you just felt that start to come from the heart, man. Mm-hmm. That, that's a reoccurring issue with with with, those, with with that type of people. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, moms are uh, near and dear to all of our hearts, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's yeah. a special kind of thing, especially with this climate that we got now. Um, you know, some people would say that the, the things are, quote-unquote, burning down. Yeah. I think it's good to reflect on family. You know what I'm saying? I think it's good to reflect on the things and the people who really matter. Um, so another thing I want to ask you about we're gonna, when we get into it is there's a veteran's perspective. And then there's also a, uh, you know, a young Latino perspective. You know what I'm saying? I want to talk about life in all of it, but especially with the recent events with Vanessa Guillaume and things like that. We're going to talk accountability and making sure that we can receive that. Yeah, most definitely. So what did you, when you joined the Army, right, when you joined the Army, what did you like about it? We'll We'll start with the easy part first. Well, I liked I liked a lot of the stuff that I probably should have liked before getting to the army, like camaraderie and stuff. Like I wasn't I wasn't much into the like team sports, and and, and a lot of that. So I got a lot of that in in, in the early days of boot camp and, mm-hmm. and, and and brotherhood and stuff like that. So being an only child, you know, and having like never really experiencing that type of brotherhood, like that, that's one of the best things I like from it. I would say. Okay, so um, and being an only child, you know. I bet when you got to the military, did the structure or anything like that have any part uh, as well? Any of the, you know, the rigidity of the military? Oh, hell yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was in for until I got there. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, the structure the structure played a big role into everything. I mean, it, but that's one thing that I think you take with you, too, since, since once you get out. Um, where have you been in the military? Um, I've been stateside. I've, stateside, I've been on a few bases in Texas, Oklahoma. I've been in Ireland, Germany, Japan, and Iraq. What's Ireland like? I wasn't there for a long time, but it was like green and rainy and stuff, like they say. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there for long. I want to go. Really, like, I want to go. I think Ireland has more castles than Britain. Is that something of that nature? Most of them were forts against the Romans or something like that. Um, where's the best place that the army took you? Uh, my favorite was Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas. Fort Bliss. Yeah, huh. I felt right at home there. You know, whenever I was off duty, it was like a, a huge Hispanic. It was like being in a, in a big ass Aurora for me. You know? <laughs> like, 
So uh, El Paso, Texas got the flow. Yeah, got a, got a good know, flow. We used to sneak over to Juarez, and you know I'm bilingual, so <laughs> I used to just smooth right in and out. Right. And it, was, it was a good time, and I think I had even told them, yeah, if you guys, if you guys make me a contract that says I stay here 20 years, I'll sign it today, and they were like, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like nah, bro. That would have been too fun. Um, that's cool, man. What was Germany like? Germany was cool too. I mean, well, I was there, I was mostly there on field training exercises, so it wasn't there wasn't a lot of free time there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Field training exercises prior to deployments. Yeah. Okay. Uh, prior to All deployments right. or like for the for the for the audience doesn't yeah. know what a field training exercise is. Right? Oh yeah, so it's, it's like it's like training training um hand in hand with like the German army or or, d- or other allied troops that would go meet with us there and then compare different type of different different type of cavalry movements and dismount stuffs and. All that hoopla. Really? Yeah. <laughs> What's the German army like? They're all tall. They're, they're really tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Big dudes, man. Uh, the time is now 8, 11 a.m., and you're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Um, what is, what's it like overseas? It's a one-of-a-kind thing, man. It's like, whether through the military or however else, it's something that I think everybody should get a chance to do, man. You get to, you get to see different people's way of life and the, the, the different values they place on different things, and mm. you know, and a lot, a lot, a lot of the reoccurring stuff seems to come up in all the cultures. And a lot of that, the older you get, you start to realize that's like what makes up good people, man. And right, no matter what they that's look, that's how like. the world spins. That's yeah. just yeah, that's all part. That's all baked yeah. in the cake. And, yep. and it, it has its unfortunate ways that I had to learn that in some ugly ways because sometimes I was in parts of the world where they didn't want me there. And like where? Baghdad, Iraq. We were there. Really? Yeah. Um, 04 and 05, it was, it was a bad time there. And, you know, that wasn't definitely a tourist day. And that was, that was you know, seeing people in conflict. and Right. Yeah. Um, what's Iraq like? When I was there, it was a long time ago. I, I don't know. I, don't, I have no clue what it looks like as of now. But it, it looked war-torn, man. It was war-torn. It looked like it looked like a place that had been suffering for a long time. and. Um, now you work with the veterans group. Yeah. Oh, once I got once I got out of, out of active duty, uh, I worked I worked for the Midwest Shelter for Homeless Veterans, uh, which um, works to tackle um, homelessness in mm-hmm. the veteran community. And they work out of Wheaton. Shout out to the Midwest Midwest Shelter for Homeless Shelter Veterans. For homeless Shout veterans. out to them. Shout out to them. They do they do great work. And um, I did I, I worked for them for a little over eleven years. And, um, um, wow. Yeah, and we ju- we just recently parted ways about. Eight months ago, I was, no, it's been I mean, it's been over a year now. I'd say it's been over a year since we parted ways. Mm-hmm. You know? It was because, like I said, their missions their mission is uh, is set on on veteran homelessness, and there seems to be a system that's working for that. Right. But that system that working to me as a veteran is 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 letting veterans slip through the cracks in other in other in other that areas that are just as important that I feel that I could tackle more mm-hmm. in my own way. You know. Um. No, that's good. That's good. Um. Twenty two veterans a day. That's the average. Um, yeah, twenty-two veterans a day commit suicide. Um, um, statistic. Yeah. What's it? Um, now you worked for the VA. Yeah, I did. Not anymore. Um, what's it like working for an organization like the United States Army, and then working for the VA? Man, there's a lot of good people that work for the VA too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to sit here just like VA bash because. There's a lot that of wasn't good a, yeah. That wasn't an opening <laughs> no, for the best. Yeah, but, but just, I mean that's yeah. that's what it opens the door to because it's yeah. like, even though there's a lot of good people that want to do there, the VA still yeah. does a lot of throwing the shit on the wall to see what sticks, and a lot of you know uh, twenty uh, to me 
to me, that's where 22 veterans a day are, are killing themselves. That that that's what's slipping through the cracks. It's not just like, and I think that it needs to be a lot. It needs to be a lot. It needs to be a lot more proactive, and, and rather than reactive. Right. A lot more customized, you know. Hmm. Customized to the to the veteran. Yeah, customized to the treatment. Yeah. Custom customized to the treatment and 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 the the the. the experience of the veteran like i said a lot of these veterans are and a lot of these veterans are females that are suffering from sexual trauma while trying to serve man which has nothing to do with combat but damn can you imagine that like right going to serve your country and then some shit like that happens to you man that's i was never in a co-ed unit so i can't speak i never seen on it or or, or or having to having a chance to intervene on anything like that or i don't know what i would have done if i ever would have been put in a situation like that but mm-hmm. like there's so many different types of trauma and you know when you try to make a system you just try to get people to fall into it and fit and then disperse these 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 treatments or, or these benefits if you will it's a system that it's a system that is it, it is effective in some ways but i mean how effective can you call it if 22 people are killing themselves a day you know um so one of the things i like to talk about too is uh now there's specifically a uh a direct concerted effort to eliminate recruiting in high schools, <clears throat> uh, take out your NJROTC programs and things like that. Um, what's your opinion on that? How do you feel about it? Talk about what you think about that. Man, and, and that's something that we have, we, like you said, we have to speak about because it's like, I mean, I live, I, I, I own, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a property owner six blocks away from, from the office where I was recruited at in the back of my high school at 17 and a lot of people were, you know, at the end of the day, man, there's going to be so many opinions about it and this and that and that, but it's, it's always going to come down to whether you do it. I mean, you're a veteran, too. You know, you, whether you do it or not, there's no stopping you, man. That's that's a decision that's self-made. I, I think it has nothing nothing to do with Even if they did it. take them all out was of every high school. Was it lucrative as hell to help me make that decision? Yeah, because right. of my situation. Yeah, it was. You know, it helped me pay. I did. I, I went because I needed to pay for college, you know, and then. You know, and, and I learned that going in. You know, I thought that was why you did it. You know, I was like, right. well, you shit, if, if the recruiting office is in the high school, they're giving you a chance to pay for school because you don't got money to go for school, right? It was it was normal to me. Bing, bing, yeah. And I, I didn't know <laughs> it wasn't normal until I got into the ranks and people were like, yeah, I joined this because I love this country and I'm ready to die for it. And I'm like, more and more people started to say that and I started to worry like, oh, shit, why, why am I here? Like, you know, You're like, a lieutenant. Tell me that, uh, tell me the story about the lieutenant. Yeah. I was, I, you know, a lot of people talk shit about lieutenants, but I was blessed with a, a very squared away young black lieutenant who who put racial issues into a perspective that was, I later learned in life, that was second to none. I mean, he, he told shit like it was. And he said, and that was that first moment. I must have been making the face that I was scared. I didn't know what I was going to answer when that came around to me and the lieutenant. When what came around? When that question came around, why did you join? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you willing to die? Because right. that's why you're here. You can, you know, this is, this is, this is, you're willing to lay it all on the right. line. You know, and I was like, damn, I'm going to look pretty cheap saying for, for college money, you know, but. Right. But he looked at me and he said, "He's like, hey Garcia, this doesn't mean shit to you at 17, but when when um when it all comes down to it, man, you're you're doing it so that you can get the benefits to learn to love what it is that these motherfuckers are already loving enough to die for." Right. He's like, "Just different times and different age of why we're here." And he said, "He's like, you know what's funny? He's like some of these racist motherfuckers might not like you." He said, "But you'd get along damn well with a lot of their granddaddies because you fucking serve for the same reason that their granddaddy served, you know, to to better their family, to to." To, to to put to, to put their family name. It's always it's always disturbed me that like some of the same people saying they're patriots got like swastika flags and all kinds of wild shit. And their it's their grandfathers who was storming them beaches in Normandy. That's their grandfathers who was in the Battle of Hurtgen Forest and the uh Battle of the Bulge, Tarawa, Iwo Jima. 
That's their grandfathers who got sent over in World War One. the Doughboys, filling the ranks, fighting the Germans in the forest. That's their grandfathers. And yet, for nothing but hatred, they're willing to rep that flag in this country. That you know is what, the you most. You know what they are? They are, and, that, and that's, what's getting, that's what's getting viewed. And, 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 you know, it is hatred, and it is dis- despicable, and I, I don't co-sign that shit at all. But the other side of that coin is there's places like Aurora, man. You got, like, Aurora University, whose numbers were swole after World War II came, when the veterans came to make something out there out of their lives because that's of right. the program they had to, to, work in the, to work in the evenings. You know, it was... It, it was veterans that kickstarted that whole program there and made Aurora University turn into later what it is. And right. and there's still a veterans program there going thriving, you know? And, right. it's, like, and, and it's us. It's it's generations later. I, you know, I'm a whole different skin color than they are. And, right. and then, but literally doing the same thing this many years later, going to school, though, trying to bring to my community what it is that... See, that's why I'm against... Against. But, I, you know, I look, hey, I go with the social... T- I don't have to make those decisions if they... If they Recruiting program is going to leave an administration facility. I'm not the guy making that call. But that's why I am, like, against it. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it, the military gave mad hope yeah. to, like, many people from low-class communities. Wait, it's for, not the record, for the record, fuck the swastika flag. I'm not saying you should be able to fly that. No, no, no. We, oh, we passed right. that. That's like, yo, oh, okay, yo okay. the time is now 8.20 a.m. You listen uh, to the good like, one in the <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was no, um, because what we were what we were doing was uh, we were simply highlighting the um, highlighting the difference, uh-huh. you know, highlighting the uh, the hypocrisy. We were just highlighting how uh, you know our all of our um, nationalities contribute and what make our are what makes the United States military great. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, what's the best thing about Aurora? It's diversity. Aurora's diversity, man, is, is is parallel to none, man. Like, I think Gio said it in the in the earlier episode where he, he like com- he compared it to Austin, man, and that, that's pretty that's pretty spot on because like in Austin you're in Texas, but you get to Austin and it's like wait, there's there's something different, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, to me, it's that diversity. It's that 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 being able to balance tradition but then still make it diverse and, and turn it into its own. I feel own. you. I feel you. Yeah, it's, like its own a, feel, its own vibe. Yeah. yeah. Aurora's always been this hub for, for that. Right. To, to me. For that. Uh, how long you been a DJ? Man, for the better part of my <laughs> life, man. I started DJing at about 12 years old. It started with house music. Really? I, I house music and ghetto house music and jack music. My right. used to give me the records and Put on my thing, and I used to beat loop and beat map, and right. they used to sneak me in the parties to play in the mix. Decim, 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 decim. Yeah, all the most inappropriate. <laughs> Fun fact, yeah, I, got, I used to get tapes taken away from me at Calvert Middle School in music <laughs> class. Man. They used to be like, oh, play a mix for us, play a mix for us. Right. I, like, I used to try my best to not catch yeah. any dub or any any DJ funk record that was dropping an F-bomb. I would try to cut it, and right. I was never quick enough and dropped an F-bomb once in class. And oh, what was her name? Music teacher. I forgot her name, but yeah, she took my tape. DJ Funk. Called my mom, said, are you listening to the to records? This kid? I'm all for musical appreciation, but are you listening to the records? Oh, right. Man. And then hip-hop later. Hip-hop and hip-hop came into my life in high school, man, and that turned DJ and competitive. And What is hip-hop? Oh, it's a culture. It's a, it's a subculture. It's a subculture started by black people that, that turned into something that America fucking loves and consumes and, and is influenced Eats. by and... And fucking loves and 
Sniffs. It's everything, man. It's, to me, it's everything. Man. Powder. I mean, that shows. That, that's. I'm speaking. I'm speaking off of my, mm. my personal experiences, man. Hip hop is always a, something that's something that's been there for me, no matter what point in life. You know, like in high school, I used to run with the B boys. You know, I, right. I, I, I was part <laughs> of the Almighty AC Rockers crew, the Lord, the Lord Rocker, the Lord Shout Steve out, Rocker, y'all. Shout out, Frankie Cepeda, <laughs> the whole Cepeda family. Um, all of them, and I used to DJ after that, and all kinds of stuff, man. Just. It's everything. It was always there. Even, the, even in the military, you know what it's like, man. Mm-hmm. Being being on a base with a bunch of dudes with nothing to do and just yeah. some good music, you know, just get yeah. out of here. And you got the, yeah, you got you the know? crew right there. Oh, yeah. Um, I was stationed in California. One thing I like about California that I have to, I got to give them a shout out as opposed to like here, like in California, they appreciate like that old music, that old soul, oldies and all that kind of stuff. They appreciate that music. And it's so funny because like out here, at parties growing up, you know, it's DJ Funk and all that. Like, nobody's <laughs> playing Marvin Gaye and the Stylistics and Mary Wells and all that. But out there, like, their parties don't even start popping until that music comes on. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. Like, like, oh, look, they have a little set over there. Let's go to a party. And, like, it's cool. Everybody's bumping some rap, whatever. And then, like, you know, 1130, like, if that music comes on, that's when the party, like, takes a whole other good twist. And it's a nice vibe. I like that, oh, yeah, that yeah. old soul. You know? in, D- in DJ terms, that's when you turn the party a little more intimate. Yeah, you, know, you, get, you get the party a little more intimate. <laughs> um, what's uh, what's the best thing about being a DJ? Man, being able to being able to supply moods, man, to 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 make memories. Like, man, I still run into people like we used to have the most cracking house parties. Like our our era, our era was like impeccable. Mm. Like I used to like kind of like keep my eye on like what people were doing as far as house parties and like, man, our, ours were the most the most cracking for sure. And it was, like, <laughs> Being able to DJ, being able to make those memories for people. I DJ a prom too. Yeah, I got I forgot what year it was. Maybe like a year or two after I graduated, they like nominated me. Whoever it was, like we, we had like such a, a little following going that they're like, oh, do our prom. But yeah, we DJ that prom. That's what's that was up. Pretty cool. Like just to have people talk to you about that. And um, I want to talk about the first cavalry division. Yeah, shut up the first cav division. But that's a that's my that's my home unit, man. That's that's a that's the combat patch that I wear. I was stationed in Fort Hood. I probably would be wearing my first Cav uh, veteran hat, but I'm not wearing it. I'm not wearing it out of respect for Vanessa Guillen and 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 the fucked up way that it was handled, man. Like that, that's a, that's a patch that's near and dear to me. But but you know what? They're they're on the shit list right now, man. This is, right. this, is uh, this is bad. You know, here's the thing, man. A lot of other people in the in the veteran community might come at me sideways and be like, man, you know what it's like, man. It's this dude was probably one of those fucking losers who was hitting on her and didn't get her way. And, yeah, but that that doesn't make it right, man. That that, that doesn't make it right. And, and and I was never in a co-ed unit, so I never got to really see that shit to see how rampant it really is after getting to speak to female veterans afterwards after the fact. But it's like um just the way that it was handled was was bad. It's still bad. Like I hope that I hope this isn't it, man. I hope I hope that there's more to this that, that they're going to come out and and make clean, man, because this is even more important to me as a, even more than the veteran man as an American as an American in on, on the east side of Aurora because um, I mean you know, we have recruitment offices there man we have uh, I'm pretty sure there are there have been and there will be more young Latino women that will join out of you know out of right over out of our neighborhood out of our high schools man and it's like yeah when you join the armed forces you know you you, you run that risk of of coming home with a casket and a flag over your casket because of combat or because of like disputes but at the hands of your own you know and i don't care if all this has happened before fuck that it's happened now 
and and it's got the attention that it deserves, man. And like when I heard, I had tried to ignore the story, man, because of how 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 bad it was and how much I didn't want to believe something like that could happen. But right. it was like once once you heard Vanessa Guillen's mother, man. Going back to the topic of mothers, you heard her mother speak, and she said it in Spanish. She said, yo quiero mi hija viva. She said, I want my daughter alive. When you guys took her, she was alive. I want my daughter alive. Like, And when 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 a Hispanic mother demands something like that, man, you fucking veteran or not, you know, you listen and you snap your ass to attention. And and you know that, that they, didn't, they didn't get a fair shake. They didn't get a fair shake, and there needs to be, until the, until the military and, and these recruiters are ready to, to show that there are programs for these women to be safe if they want to serve their their country at the very fucking least. I mean, so, something instead of just showing how much college you're going to pay for right. or what benefits. Yeah, you know, the benefits are straight. They do what they do. They, they, they But, you know, it's gotten to a point where because of, sh- because of shit protocols and, and and lack of accountability, like you said, yeah. that, that there's got to there's gotta be shit that's written out for these young women, these, these young Hispanic women that are from my neighborhood that are, that, that are that are gonna want to join the military to to serve their countries and better their lives. I mean, they they need to have assurance that some shit like this won't happen to them. Right. Um, <clears throat> when you uh, when you look back, especially you know we talked, we had we sat down with the sheriff, we sat down with a couple other people in law enforcement. All of them admit that the war on drugs failed. Um. Now we live in a time where, like, there is absolutely little to no cooperation or even like for law enforcement amongst the mass of the community. Uh, I asked them, Henry Pratt, the city was united. Now it's completely divided. How does Aurora get back to a better relationship? Open dialogue and accountability. You know, I, I think it, I think ultimately it always comes back to that. Man. You don't think it's no open, open dialogue now? It's not open. Hell no, there's no open dialogue. How many people did you say went to that little meeting to about police reform? Or oh, sparse, sparse. It was yeah, saying? mad. It was mad empty chairs, mad empty chairs. But you the dialogue, but the forum was there. That was the other side. That was our side not going. So it was just the cops talking. Well, not all. I mean, there was some. The community was represented there, but not enough. You know what I'm saying? That was the thing. That was the thing. It was a few brothers there, um, a few uh, Latino brothers there too. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? A couple of sisters that was teachers and all that. Um, but when it comes down to it, man, like I've asked this question, I've asked this question before, and I haven't gotten an answer, and I didn't, I haven't really known where to look up. But like, what percentage of APD actually lives in Aurora? Is there is there a number for that? I'm sure we could find one. Well, no, we probably couldn't find what the percentage is of APD officers that live. That's probably internal data, but uh, we can see if the uh, if it's a requirement that one live in Aurora while being an Aurora police officer. That's yeah, that's, that's 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 yeah. that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Like, how many of them are, are taxpayers here? Because there are uh, police departments. I think most police departments you need to live in the city of which you police. You would think so, right? Yeah. Watch when you look that up. Let me know if you find other ones. You know, actually, um, interestingly enough, Daryl Gates and his successors in the L.A. Police Department, notorious for uh, racial violence. Yeah. The Um, the Sugar Happy LAPD. Shout out hip-hop. 
NWA, you know, any rapper from whenever talking about it. Yeah. Um, he got cops from like Alabama and shit. Yeah, because then, like I said, that's that's where you know, a lot of these dudes start to patrol these areas with the more more of a sense of don't shit where you eat instead of protect and serve. There's something else that the the general public doesn't know. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm no, just no, saying no, no, no. Wait, this like is to protect and serve. I, I would think you would be way more invested to protect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you would be way more invested to protect and serve if you pay taxes in that motherfucker Words. too. You know, <laughs> facts. Um. Here's the thing. Uh, so glad we're having to sit down today. What the average citizen does not know, friends that we have, people we know, what they don't know is what it's like to be a... They don't know what veterans know. They don't know what it's like to be young, armed, and an expected authority of everything, maybe perhaps in my perimeter, maybe perhaps in the barracks, maybe perhaps in this building. Within the limits of my post. In this in this building, this structure, this fortification, this ship, this pier, this bridge. We know what that's like. The average public, unless they have served, doesn't really know what that's like, or unless they begin to... What I've tried to highlight on the show as well is that from the law enforcement perspective, I think that they need to realize that, like, it looks bad to people like us. I, you know, and I mean, speak, put words in your mouth, but it looks extra bad when you're armed and in authority and young and it's going to your head because we can tell it's going to your head. You know what I'm saying? The busting balls and traffic stops, your tail lights out, then it turns to some shit. You know what I'm saying? Treating our communities like less and not treating us as the same as other communities and the whole time if you're a veteran wouldn't be doing that if it was me the average public doesn't understand that like talk about being you know being young and joining the military and like what you believe on like policing and things like that do you see it as overreach because I do sometimes Man, like I, I've thought, I've thought before to try to put myself in the shoes of, of police compared to like my service, man, and that shit just doesn't line up because it's like, like we we had it clear and cut, man. Like, the mission was there, but the mission was, twenty four people in, twenty four people out at right. all costs. Right. You know, if it came down to it, it was us against them. Right. In, in that in that moment, it did. You know, and right. Like that's the it, mentality. It, tr- it troubles me. It troubles it troubles me to think that you know police officers could be out there with that mentality on their own citizens, man. We it's know like, that I I well, believe yeah. Man I, man, I can't speak for them, bro. I can't I can't speak for officers like that that are like that because honestly, I'm gonna every, speak for the ones that I know. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the officers, like all, yeah. the officers that I know, man. The officers that I know that are the unit that I that I was in. I, I can pretty much vouch for it. Like, some of them have been pulled. Like, some of them that I know are low-key racist, like the, the low-key racist fellow veterans that are in my, you know, I told them, I was like, man, you probably do treat black people fucked up when you pull them over, don't you? <laughs> they, no, I don't. I am an officer of the law. They, and I'm almost like, yeah, you lying motherfucker. But, right. I mean, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a hard time, too. Like, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to box anybody, man. Like, I, I, I've always been an advocate of no, you know, no, not wanting to be put into a box, so I try my best not to do that upon others. You know, like, oh, I'll, like all cops are this or all this or all that. Like, 
Nah, don't get me wrong. Policing is fucked up. It needs to be. It needs to be pulled from from the root. Like that shit is down. That shit is systemically. What's the, what's the worst up, thing bro. about it? The worst thing about what? Systemic? Policing. Well, that shit that that the rules that the rules are so one sided, man. That 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 they that they investigate themselves. That um. Ah, shit. That you know that that it takes so long for. For like an investigation, like how fucking long can it take? Like you know, like you look at the Breonna Taylor stuff, and you're like, damn, how long is that gonna take? You know, and that that goes beyond the beat cop. That goes beyond the the, the police officers that I know. You know, right. I don't really know cops at really high levels like that. Like, right. Most of them serve with me in grunt units and shit, so they're grunt they're units. Excellent, yeah, grunt units. They're Cav Scouts, and they're they're excellent. They're excellent street police. They're or gang unit police. They they mm. do what they do. You know. Um. Talk about scouting and Cav Scouting. Yeah, man. What is calf scouting? What, what what is that? What did you just what did you just say? Calf scout? What's that? A calf what's a scout. A calf. It's, it's a it's it's my it was my job in the military. Nineteen delta. So I was a calf. So a calf scout. So it's in the combat arms. And by the time I got around, it was just really everybody's job was the same. Man, we were all in Humvees. Humvees group Humvee groups of force patrolling Iraq. It wasn't like. You know, and th- there are cab units that there are cab units that roll around mechanized. You see the guys in tanks. That's armored cab. I, I didn't get I didn't get to gu- I didn't get, I wasn't with those guys. Uh huh. Okay. And then you got the aerial cab. The guys on helicopters. Nah, I wasn't with those guys either. I was simple four man teams and Humvees patrolling. For the listener, um, cavalry refers to a time when horses. Yeah, these horses were used. So a cab scout is that like forwardmost unit peeping the scene. Get in the field, the scenario. Reconnaissance. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? That's a little bit of geek for y'all at 8.36 a.m. If you got that song. I t- you know what? I tell you what. If you're listening to this and you get that song or where that snippet came from, you can host. Hey, yo, episode. Bo knows this. And Bo knows that. What? Bo don't um, know Jack. Because Bo can't rap, so well, you know. <laughs> Tell you what, if anybody gets this and can comment, drop a DM or anywhere where that snippet came from of hip-hop, just the group even, um, you can get an episode on Good Morning Roar. Um, you can host it. You can host it. Uh, half of it. So we'll do the news, and then you got the, there you go. That's the terms and conditions of That's the a hell of a sweepstakes, though, man. It is, though. It is, though. It is, though. It is, though. I'll give him a I'll Shout out to shout. you, man. Shout out to you for consistently consistently doing this every day, getting up every day, and, 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 and you know, shouting out all the businesses in downtown Aurora and, and the thriving scene of what's going on and spreading positivity, man. It takes, Thanks, it takes a lot of effort for you to do that every day, and yeah. we appreciate that, man. Um, Thank you. And I got to say, for all the veteran work that you do and everything, shout out to you, too, and all of the... Yeah, shout know, out to you too, the ABAC. You know, it. it's a it's a group effort, man. And we'll talk more about this uh this veteran walk that we want to do. This this Let's uh, talk carry about the weight. I mean, yeah. hey, talk about it. Yeah, well, um, carry the weight is a is a, is a road march that um that started on the fourth of July this year. It was just um, I decided to I got this speaker that's Bluetooth. You know, with DJ and I always mm-hmm. try to get on the techie stuff to play music. So I got this <laughs> I got this Bluetooth speaker that has like forty hour battery and that and it wangs and mm-hmm. it, it comes with the rucksack backpack and it weighs about forty. Yeah, I think it's like thirty something pounds. So we rucksack it in a group of like seven of us road march, listening to music all the way to Oakhurst Hill, and then we go to the hill. We play taps for all the fallen soldiers in Aurora. Oh we man! We did that on the Fourth of July, and it's called Carry the Weight because um, 
it just happened one literally like one day to the next or something. And it's like it's an organization. It's my way to continue to giving back, giving back to the veteran community with what I know best. And to me, that's going to be with the with what I learned on the front lines and actually being speaking veteran to veteran and trying to trying to fish for what I am that I'm asking the VA to do. I want to do it on my level, you know, unpaid for, to show that it is possible. And it starts with that veteran march. So I, what I why I call it carry the weight is because during therapy for PTSD. Anybody will tell you that the more you talk about your situations, the more you talk about your 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 life and your experiences, you know, the easier it becomes to deal with that. So they kind of they kind of call that kid. You know, people, you know, you tell your story, they help you carry that story, they help you carry that weight of that story, they help you carry the weight of that memory or whatever it may be. And um, doing it on the, on this road march, carry the weight is physical because we're carrying that speaker that represents the 22 veterans a day that died of suicide and and. Um, Anybody who wants to go, if the road march gets long, we switch off the, the ruck to different people who want to march, and they help carry the weight. And uh, what I promote in it is that in that physical activity, in that straining yourself, you know, that, that could pull a veteran out of that bad mindset that triggers them to do something worse. You know, and if we're marching down the street and we're blasting music, you know, people are going to hear you, veteran right. or not, and that word's going to spread. And I know the veterans are out there in my community because when, you know, I shit you not, when I was talking with my wife, shout out to my wife, Brenda, I love you very much. Um, Shout out. We were, yeah, we were talking about a, we were talking about this whole veteran march stuff, and as we're talking about it in our yard, a kid comes running down my street in a PT uniform, an Army PT uniform, a physical training uniform. So it's a kid who's obviously home on leave, still getting up to do his running, while I'm having my morning coffee, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, that's, like, that's, that's like that's like a something happened, you know. Shout right. out Treadwell, Treadwell, what up? Treadwell, what up? Um, yeah, so I'll carry the weight is something that you know it's open, to, it's open to any veteran, it's open to any um. To any any friend of a veteran, to anybody who knows a veteran, and anybody who wants to get out, to anybody with mental health issues, man. If you want to get out and you want to talk about it, and you want to, if you don't want to talk about it, if you just want to break a sweat, you know, I'm planning for these things to go a certain amount of of distance, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll parlay at the end, right? And it'll turn to kind of like a stand down. And what's um and Oakhurst Hills? Where's Oakhurst, yeah, it's the the park at Oakhurst. It has that one little hill that everybody climbs up. Yeah, that back road back there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever McCoy, road, the road McCoy, that turns into uh, Fifth. Yeah, McCoy, yeah. yeah. Right yep, it's yep. just like a mound. Yeah, so we, we would go from my house. We, we we marched from my house down the street. I live on 6th and Jackson, so from okay. there to there. But this if, if more people tag along, anyway, I'm not trying to carry that shit myself, but if more people want to tag along and help carry it, then we carry can go from, we can meet at the, at the back of East out of solidarity for Vanessa Guillen and her family with as many veterans and as many people who have joined out of there yeah. or anybody to come by. And then we can march all the way to Veterans Park if we need to or, or wherever. I mean, you know, as long as. Yeah. Um, now, we were talking about Austin. Yes, sir. Um, that's where you, that was the city in Texas that you had mentioned. Yeah, that's where they make the, the best Aurora. barbecue in the world, too. Dang. Really? Ooh. Hold on, bro. That's a, that's a. <laughs> that's Ooh, a heavy has, statement. Dude, Texas has That's a, a heavy. Well, Texas, Texas yeah, in general, yeah. but Austin's barbecue is like. I haven't been. I'm not even. I have no. Man. I have no rebuttal. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta go to Austin. I've been to San Antonio. San Antonio was dope. I really like. I really like Texas. Texas. Shout out to Texas. It has a different vibe. It has a different flow. Has a whole different style. That um, uh, that Riverwalk is nice down there. Shout out to Texas. Uh, but I haven't been to Austin yet. But the barbecue is the best in the world. That Damn, I've had, right? yes. Okay. And I, I've had a lot of barbecue, man. Mm -hmm. like, I, I love barbecue. That's my barbecue is part of my therapy, like I say, man. I, I like I like to smoke and I like to smoke meats. And, right, you know, yeah. right. Okay. Um, now. Pause. 
so you've been the you've been the we talked about the places that you've been that I'd really like to go to. Um, the time is now eight forty two a.m. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, Aurora uh, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Um, you've been to places I really would like to go to: Germany and Ireland. What's the food like? This is also a food show too, cause I be we be hungry up here. Man, at at that time, man, I was I was so I was so young that like to appreciate like that type of stuff, I was more like, yo, who raps around here? Or, you right, know, right, right, right. Oh, can I buy a comic book of German lettering? <laughs> like, I wish I would have been more cultured at that time to like yeah. worry about the cuisine around the area. A yeah. lot of the time, I had to be in the chow hall, like in the chow hall, cause I was spending all my money wherever I could. Oh, of course. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There was Shout there was a no. In the military, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the cool thing, so going overseas to the places that I went to, uh, you know, some of them got a McDonald's. But no, nah, you, you didn't come to Panama to eat at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, who knew, right? Who knew we'd ever come here? So, um, no, that's really cool. The, the traveling aspect, I think a lot of people need to do. Uh, I think it would help out a lot. I'd like to see more people from our communities travel. I'd like for them to get that cultural experience. I'd yeah. like for them to go see what Especially life. our creatives, man. Especially our yeah. creatives. You know, I, I, on the wings of pre-mill. Shout out pre-mill. Shout out. Um, I'd, I'd like for them to get that broad experience and get the traveling under their belt, too, because, like, there's a lot of places in the world that, like, I mean, if you think you've seen poverty in America. Man. I don't care what neighborhood you're in, in whatever city. There's places in the world. Yeah, see that that's one that I that's one that I for, that that's one that I was fortunate enough to learn before going to the military. Like my mom being a single mother in the summertime, a lot of times there wasn't a babysitter around like, since the school was open. So I would be she would send me to Mexico for three months. For so like there was one period when I was like between I was like seven years old all the way to like fifteen. I had never been around here for a Fourth of July because I was always in Mexico. Mm. So I saw that shit firsthand, man. Where it was like feast or famine. Yeah. Uh, I lived in Chula Vista in California. Chula Vista's like right, like 10 minutes from the, I mean, it's like from here to Oswego, to the border. Um, and yeah, you know, like this was back when you didn't need a passport to go across the border. You could just take your state ID. Uh, but you go across and, you know, you're partying and shit, but like, yo, man, it's like mad poverty. I've also, I've always tried to, you know, not change nobody's mind, but like let people know who get on their high horse talking about oh, uh, you know, people coming here taking jobs and all this other kind of shit. Oh, shit, do it illegal and all that. Yeah, you talking that shit, but if you were 11 years old somewhere, Somalia, all these other places, you know that same energy about pull yourself up by your bootstraps and change your life, like that applies to them too, man. Like nobody wants to live like that so you know yeah, good morning roars tried to go shout that, out you don't undocumented even go that far, uh, yeah. un, it's we try to be a voice for uh, undocumented folks too man you know what i'm saying yeah we have to be man we have to be their voice yep uh cuz i think about some of the some of the places and you know i like i like traveling i was a national geographic reader before i even started traveling so my mind was already in places that my feet it. had yeah, not yeah. touched yet you know what i'm yeah, saying see, i was oblivious dog. i hadn't even like <laughs> Like my like my first racial I still remember my first racial thing in the army was like, like this 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 one this one um uh, NCO pulled us into an office because like two two of my white counterparts they kept talking to me and they were making like a cholo voice they were like hey hey Garcia hey talking to me like Speedy Gonzalez mm -hmm. and I thought that shit was funny right right and I was just like I didn't care and um 
what it turned out to be is like they really they were really doing it like not trying to they just had never seen a mexican like mm-hmm. they had never known someone that age me i was like damn there's places in america without mexicans what oh like, yeah was, like, it was just a culture shock for both yeah, of us yeah so, i met um that's the thing that's the that's the thing about the military like i had had that same kind of experience too like i was familiar with you know white people but i met this dude um, I shot his, his Fryman is his last name. I don't want to say his whole name on the mic because now I'm more conscious of <laughs> he like. He probably follows you. Like, uh, nah, he doesn't. He's um, he's uh, shout out to my boys in uh, Kentucky. Man, um, fuck Kentucky. Uh, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Stop playing Kentucky. Yo, Stop playing Kentucky. The time is now. No shout outs for Kentucky today. None. Sh- I retract the shout out. Uh, the time is now 8:46 a.m. He listened to Good Morning Aurora. Um. Anyway, homie, um, I was like the second black dude he ever has spent 10 minutes of like human time around in his life. Um, but he was, that's my dog. You know, we became like, yeah. <laughs> we became good friends. It was crazy. Mo- yeah. I mean, like I said, the most racist yeah. of the most racist of them all ended up being like the biggest teddy yeah. bears too. He so wasn't, was like, was, but he wasn't, he wasn't racist. Like a lot of them are just white people who never, all they know about black, there's, there's still to your point, there's still places in America where there ain't no black people living there for a variety of reasons. Um, small towns. That's crazy. Hamlets, all kind of little shit. I mean, you just you, in one day, out the other. Um, and nobody lives. I've been to Montana, right? Like, yo, Montana got some stops off in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody. There's no nothing there. It's only white people. And there's not many of them. Yeah. Like, so there's there's places like that. Shout out um, my homie Potter, man. He's from Montana too. Every time he used to come back back to the unit from leave, he used to hug me. He used to be like, "Damn, I ain't seen a Mexican." <laughs> uh which yeah but they were they were cool because like they typically just wanted to know and debate and chop issues and i like that you know what i'm saying like they they would like that's why we were there you know yeah exactly (laughs) they'd want to chop the issues you know what i'm saying and i'm feeling that uh because that's that's the thing about the current climate that we live in and seeing it from a veteran's perspective like and a uh burning buddy of mine we talking it out, you know, statues and this and that and renaming bases and all this and you know what I'm saying and it's all that symbolics, it's all that symbolism, all that. Uh, we gotta dead that, man. What do you think about it? You just said what you think about it, but a lot. Yeah, we, we hold on too damn much to traditions, man. Shit is changing so fast, man. Like I'm saying, cause like I, I I find myself in college courses. Like I used to, I used to I used to give a I used to speak at college at colleges about veteran homelessness and now being in the college again as a student using what's left of my post 9-11 uh, GI Bill benefits it's like everything is different man with technology with everything it's so fast and it's like a lot of the times maybe that that old traditional shit might just be holding us back sometimes man it's just, it might be time to let some of that shit go right and it's okay you know yeah shit. civilization's gonna grow yeah it'll be Right, it'll be. It's just it'll a statue. Right. It'll yeah. be all right. I know. It's change is a scary thing, man. I know. I've known it these last eight months. Like when I, when when I started to step away from 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 a military setting, because like I've been militarized since I was seventeen, man. Like that's half my life already, over half my life. And 
I didn't know there was any other way of thinking that, you know? I didn't know there was any other way of thinking. I, I had to face the unknown, like real therapy, like no more, oh, you got peace of mind because you help veterans every day. Now it's really getting to the roots and fixing things and and starting from scratch. And I, I wish I could just tell everybody, it's not that fucking scary, man. Like, and especially if we're all going to do it together, we might as well, you know? Start, start, start clean, start letting go of some of these bad traditions. Um, and I sound hypocritical as so I was saying that because I still drink soda and <laughs> we shit like that. But I mean, as a whole, I think no, we I've should start letting like these whack traditions go. What is endure? What's endure? What's that mean? Where does that come from? What's endure that? was a tattoo that my first battle buddy, Gil, out of Minnesota. My first battle buddy was my first uh, my first partner and everything in boot camp and everything that I joined. He had a tattoo named Endure. And um, when I asked for it, what it was, he talked about the struggle. And he he was black, so he he talked about his struggle. I mean, he was also somebody who highlighted on that whole, you know, being here to get your benefits to be able to actually enjoy America like a real first class citizen. And and he spoke on a lot of shit to me that while I was young, I was like, man, this dude's one of those like, you know, clue tribe called quest people. That's like, yo, you know, gotta mm-hmm. take it back to the motherland. You know, I thought it was just like some hip hop thing, and then right. he really put me on game, like. Of what of what was really going on at a young age and yeah, it was it was, it was good knowledge and he had that and ever since then I took that DJ name because I used to just go by my first name by Alex mm. I was, I never really DJ for crowds but like once I got into the military and I started linking up in um, different areas I started DJing on bigger platforms everywhere and I you know most DJs get a moniker and most people don't even know me as Alex they know me as Endure like as my nicknames everybody knows a bunch of Alexes and right they just started calling me Endure and that stuck ever since so the DJ name I took was a a tattoo that he had I never told nobody that. I used to tell people, like, oh, it's just a nickname. They just figured, oh, it's because he was in the military or it's because he's been through some shit. Or, no, it's not. It's, it's, it was a tattoo that he had, and it was a, a very important time in my upbringing. And it's like my, it's like my ode to, 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 to what we talked about, what hip-hop culture is. And that's my, that's my way of paying homage. Yo, it's, I felt as soon as I interacted with you and seen it, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I understand, like, I understand the solidarity with it. Like that's it's it's perfect, man. Endure, you know what I'm saying? It it is perfect. Um, the time is now 8:52 a.m. So we like to end the show um, on a uh, positive note. We like to give the people something, you know, something actionable uh, going into this Tuesday. <clears throat> what should the people, the city of Aurora, uh, know or keep? in their forward thinking going into this day and this week? To think about how contagious positivity can be. You know? To take some, to take some time to express yourself, to, to be happy with yourself, and, to, and, and to, to try to get some of that positivity to, to become contagious. Right. Yeah, it could be, it could be, it could be real contagious. It can be to spread around the world like wildfire, a wildfire, baby. You know, it's like a bird, man. Once it, you know, once it leaves the hand, you know, the bird flies where it goes. Can you dig that? Um, we, you know, good morning, Aurora. Uh, we have always sought to be, and we are. Uh, we speak up for the underserved populations, uh, our veterans, our LGBTQ members. Um, and our undocumented population and our seniors. Uh, where can people learn more about the uh, veteran stuff that you're doing, um, the Ruck March? And Man, that's like not. You know, I'm not. We're, we're gonna we're gonna start talking about it more. Like once it get close, once it gets closer to Veterans Day. But 
since it's not it's not it's not like a money raising issue or nothing we're not going to raise money we're not going to mm-hmm. it's not it's not just another charity to throw money at it's it'll probably just be just be freestyle man it'll probably just be on on on, the, on, the, on my instagram story or on your instagram story mm-hmm. and um whoever tags along tags oh, yeah, along we're gonna get that yeah, yeah we're gonna get that we're gonna get that some airtime yeah we're gonna make sure yeah let's get it man. Let's get, <laughs> hey, you know sure what uh, the mayor the mayor the mayor's a veteran too man put the word out tell him to tell him to ruck up and come out with with the veterans from from his city man mayor mayor urban what up mayor we live urban. mayor urban what up what come up with out the battle march, what up with the Ruck March? You yeah, heard come it? on, you gotta come Ruck with us. Yeah, you heard it here. Ruck with us, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Ruck if you buck. <laughs> Ruck, if you... Ruck with it. Uh word. All right. Uh, well, the time is now 8.54 a.m. And you're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. I think we will do something a little different, and we'll give some of our continuing shouts uh, at this very moment. So... We want to give a big peace and shout out to uh, the Aurora Food Pantry and the garden coming along over there. We want to give a shout out to El Jardin. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Crystal House. El Jardin is looking beautiful, by the way, man. That's, that, that's excellent. Everybody yeah. involved in that, man, top notch. Bravo. From paint to gardening, looking good. Um, uh, Crystal House, want to give a shout out. Want to give a shout out to Pre Mill. We want to give a shout out to Two Brothers. See y'all coming back and all that. Um, shout out Treadwell, shout out Aurora Puppet Art, shout out to Chicano, shout out Aurora Rapid Response Team, shout out Uli, shout out Uli, shout out Primo again, Primo, what up? Shout out Tyler, shout out Diesel, call the shoulders, where y'all at? Uh, hey, SciTech. You know, just shouts, shouts, shouts all around. Shouts to Aurora, man. Y'all be blessed today. Y'all. Shout out to Aurora. Yeah, yeah, y'all be blessed today. Take it easy. We will catch you here tomorrow live at 8 a.m. Second largest city's first daily news podcast. Peace. We Peace. Out.